As you listen to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heart Seas Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. around you and say, come on, expect it, expect it, expect it. Great to have mum and dad in the house too. If you've never met my mum and dad, they're on the front row. Awesome, awesome people. Let me see those wristbands. Who's got their wristbands? Wristband witness. If you do not have a wristband, please grab one when you leave. We've got them in a large size and a medium small size. So you need to grab a hold of those. But what a great opportunity throughout this month, kicking off this year. Our theme is Jesus is. I love what it says on the wall over there. Anything can happen. Jesus is what? Here. Jesus is here to meet your every need. And every day we've been looking at another dynamic of who Jesus is. And every day I pray that you've been pumped as you go into work, as you face your day saying, wow, Jesus is my refuge, my strength. He's my light. He's my hope. He's my rock. He's my fortress. And what a great Jesus is journey that we have been on. And I believe every one of us can conclude this, that Jesus is a whole lot better than we even imagined he was. He's a whole lot greater than we ever. And what do we see over and over again in who he is, his desire he has for us. And you know what God's desire for your life is? That you would live and not die. That you would have life, that you would have freedom, that you would have liberty in every way. So here's our theme scripture. John 14 verse 6 says these words, and Jesus answered him and said, one who said, but God, we don't know who you are. We don't know where you're going. Help us. I'm so glad that God wants to help us. And he helped that man like he wants to help us today by saying, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No man comes to the Father except through by me. Now, we've broken this down over the last few weeks. If you haven't been here, you can follow on podcasts. But we began by stating the obvious, and the obvious is this. You've got to know him. You've got to know him. You need a revealed knowledge of who he is. What does that mean? That God himself has shown you who he is. Because too many people have a communicated knowledge of what someone else has said. Now that's great to take you to a revealed place. But you need to know God for yourself. A relationship with him. We discovered that he's the way, the only way to the Father. He's exclusive in that. Not all religions and all gods lead to the same place. They don't. They go opposite directions. There is only one true God and he is the way. Last week, we looked about the truth about following Jesus. What's the truth? The truth is this. It's not always going to be smooth sailing. There's going to be hard times, disappointing times. However, the promise is this, his presence 
that he will be a companion with us no matter what we face in life along our journey. And today I want to talk about Jesus is life. Say with me, life. Come on, say it like it's your life that depends upon it. Come on, Jesus is life. He's the life for my hope and my future. John 10.10, one of the most popular scriptures we'll probably quote and use here in this church. But it's a good one. It's it's all good. But this is a good one too. John 10.10 reminds us the thief who is Satan, the devil, your enemy, does not come except. Except how and why does he come? He comes to oppose life because what do we see? He wants to steal, kill and destroy. That's all he has to offer. He wants to steal from you, kill you and destroy your life. Can someone agree with me? That's not good. That's not good. And it's definitely not God. And it goes on because that's the end right there, period. And then Jesus says, "Okay, let me just change the tone right here. And let's just give my proclamation of who I am and what I have come to do. Jesus said, I have come that you may have life. The reason Jesus came was to give you and I life and that you may have it. How? More abundantly. That thought there is supernatural life, excessive life, overflowing life, over and over life, more than enough life. Do you get the picture, the difference that life is versus death? Steal, kill, destroy. God says abundance, surplus, a great and incredible future. You know what I've realized? 44 years on this earth, I've realized this. There are many people who confess themselves to be a Christian who are saved, but they do not have the abundance of life of Jesus. Let me say that again. Many people are saved, but they are not living. They do not have the life of abundance that God has. Next slide, if you could, for me. Then that God has promised to give them in their lives. And I want to see that change today. We've come believing And expecting the life of God, the abundant life of God to flow into your life. And here's how it's going to happen. I want to give you a truth today that I believe can absolutely revolutionize your life and change your life. Just this one truth. If you apply it to your life on a daily basis, everything will change. Are you ready? Are you ready? I'm not selling something that doesn't work. We're selling the gospel that works every time. Here's the truth. Are you ready? You are to live by principle and not by pressure. You've got to live by principle and not by pressure. What is a principle? A principle is a fundamental or primary or general truth on which other truths depend. If you don't get that right, then other things that follow won't be right. You've got to live by principle, a truth that's an underlining factor in every one of our lives. Do I need to define pressures? We know those. Come on, let's talk about that. The pressures that we have all around us telling us how we should live our life and directly impacting and affecting the choices and the decisions we make. We have financial pressures. We, we have relational pressures. We have physical pressures. 
As parents, we have pressures raising our kids because the world is telling us one thing, but there's a way, a principle from God's word that is telling us many times something completely different. As Christians, there's pressures today. There are pressures all around us. Culturally, there are pressures today. Peer pressure, desiring to shape us into the way our culture thinks and not God's word. The pressures of this world can intersect with principles. But when something intersects something, it means it crosses. It crosses over. It doesn't run parallel with. If we're going to have the fullness of God in our life, we don't find that by crossing over his life. We find it by running parallel with his life. Pressures will take us into moments of life but they will take us further away from the true life that God wants to give every one of us. Craig Rochelle wrote an incredible book called Weird Because Normal Isn't Working. Weird Because Normal Isn't Working. What did he mean by that? He was talking about the normality of life, the pressures, the way we live, the culture, the society that we're in is telling us, do this, do that, but it's not working. It's not working and it's time that we get weird again, weird as I say it, like God intended for us to be. Why? Because it works. It works when Jesus says, love those who persecute you. It works. When Jesus says, turn the other cheek, it works in our culture. And the pressure says, no, hit them harder, unlove them more, unfriend them, do away, write them off. But normal, the pressures of life, listen to me, they are not working. And it may be old fashioned and it may be old to many, but the truth and the principles of God's word still work today. They still work in our lives today. So listen to me today. Pressures will make you do what we don't need to be doing. Listen to me. Pressures will make you do what you don't need. Next slide, please. That you don't need to be doing. What do we find today? Pressures are sucking the very life out of us. They're taking his abundance from us. The very reason he came, and it's not only affecting us, it's affecting our families and those around. And I wonder today if the reason we are in the state that we are today is solely and plainly because we have wandered away from the core biblical values of life. And we have succumbed to the pressures of this world instead of building our lives upon the principle of his word. So what's the question you need to ask yourself today? Am I living by pressure or am I living by principle? And we're going to show you from God's word today just a simple message that I believe is going to really help you in discovering the life that God has, the healing, the breakthroughs, the miracles that we're believing that God is going to give you in your life today. And we're going to see a father today, a father who's in a battle for his daughter, for her life. And I really believe that we can draw truths for our lives today because there is a battle for our lives. There is a battle for our children. There is a battle against our homes. And we need to wake up and realize, take our head out of the sand and realize we've got to stand and build our lives upon principle that the pressures won't suffer 
the harm that they want to do in each and every one of our lives. So turn with me to Mark chapter 5. We're going to start in verse 21. We're going to read quite a few verses of scripture today that's going to be on the screen that you can follow along today. It says, Now when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, Jesus, he fell at his feet. And Jairus begged Jesus earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Can you come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live? She will live. There's a healing. There's a life that she needs right now. So Jesus went with him, Jarius, and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. That thought thronged mean a press all around him. Everyone was trying to get to Jesus. You can imagine everyone was pressing through, trying to touch him that day. So here's a parent that has a desperate need. It doesn't get no worse when your children are sick. You can be sick and you don't like it. But my God, when your kids are sick, you're just like, man, it breaks your heart to see them that way. But what does he do? He doesn't wallow in the problem. He looks for the solution. He says, if I can just get to Jesus and he comes to Jesus and he makes a plea and Jesus agrees to go with him. Jesus says, I'm going to come with you. We saw that in verse 24. Jesus went with him and a multitude came. Jesus is on his way. And this isn't just a man. The way, the truth and the life is now about to step into his situation and bring a change. He is responding to his passionate and desperate plea. And he's on his way to the house. As I read something like that, I I ask myself a question. And here's the question I asked. Was Jarius's request and plea the only one that day? You think he was the only one that was wanting Jesus to do something for him that day? You think he was the only one that everyone was silent like you could hear a pin drop? And then when he said, Jesus, I need help, Jesus was like, okay. Could you imagine the noise that day of everyone? Here, Jesus, me, Jesus, this Jesus, that Jesus, help Jesus, I'll pay you, Jesus. If you will just come. So why this man? Why your need today? Because you're sitting amongst so many needs. Why your need today? We're going to read later. And Christy already talked about it today. About the lady with the flow of blood. She touched Jesus. So many people touched Jesus that day. Why did her touch heal her body? And others touched him and remained the same. What about Bartimaeus? He used to be called blind, but now he's just known as Bartimaeus, amen? <laughs> because he cried out, Jesus, have mercy. Again, he was one of a multitude of voices, but the only one that Jesus heard. Why them? I believe the reason why they were chosen wasn't because they were more special than other people. I believe the chosen factor was this, the cry of their heart the desperation that they had in their heart. 
that they were at the end of themselves, tried everything else with no hope. And that was the desperate plea. You see, for too many of us, we just want God just to help us in life. We want him to give us a greater status in life. We just want him just to touch us and and add this to my life and, and do this and do that. And God is interested in all those needs and things of your life. But you know what he really answers? Not just do this and do that. But what Jesus really answers and is looking for today is, A cry that says, Jesus, I just need you. I just need you. I just need you. And a cry like that can make the difference today. I wonder if your cry is like that today. Jesus, I just need you. Because we can have doubt in our mind. We can have confusion. All those things can separate. Can we just push all those aside? And can we realize that we're one of many cries today? But can we have such a desperate plea to say, Jesus, I just need you today. I just need you today. So here's a father who is interceding for his family, for his daughter, standing in the gap. So here's the first point that I want to give you today. If you want to see life come to your life, it first has to start here. There has to be a relationship. You've got to be in relationship with him. There has to be a relationship. What does that mean? Plain and simply, we need to get back to Jesus. We need to find Jesus again in our daily lives. We need to find him again in the busyness and stress and pressures of this world. We need to find Jesus, the Prince of Peace, Again, And I think it's pretty interesting how they label Jairus because he could have so easily been recorded as just a man, Jairus. But what does the Bible say? He's the ruler of a synagogue. Come on, he's a person of religion. Religion wasn't working for him. Come on, I just want to say that. You've got to hear that. Religion wasn't working for him. He was the leader of his synagogue. They had services. They had rituals. They had religion that was happening over and over again. He had probably taken his daughter there so many times, but yet she was still sick. I'm telling you right now, religion won't cut it anymore. Only relationship will. You've got to know him. You've got to have Jesus for yourself. You see, there's two types, really, of ways in this world. There's religion and relationship. Religion is what you have to do to earn it, to become it, to do something in order to achieve. Well, I'm telling you right now, the Bible says the wages of sin is death, that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That means religion ain't going to cut it because there's nothing you can do to pay the penalty of the sin debt that you owe. But relationship says, I paid the price for you, that you can know God. So life starts with Jesus, at Jesus. That's our vision statement here at this church. We believe that a relationship with him is the beginning of a change of relationship at home. Because when you fall in love with Jesus, you're going to love your spouse a whole lot more. You're going to love your kids a whole lot more. You, so, come on, let's just be honest. Sometimes we don't like our kids as much as we should. We need more of Jesus so we can love them a little bit more. Come on, don't look at me all holy. You know what I'm talking about. Kids, you need more of Jesus because sometimes you don't like us as parents. We need more of Jesus. It starts, we work on the wrong end instead of starting at the right place. Everything of our lives, I believe your relationship with Christ is your spiritual thermostat, not thermometer. It's the thermostat because it sets the temperature of the rest of your life. 
If you're hot in Christ, come on, everything's going to be hot. If you're cold in Christ, then everything's going to be cold and miserable. And pressures are trying hard to keep you from that relationship with God. But what does principle say? I'm the way, the truth and the life. Come on, our vision statement continues and says, because of that relationship and that love with him, we discover, or life in him, we discover love, which just begins to happen in our lives. Then what? Our purpose is revealed. What do we mean by our purpose is revealed? Then we can walk out in the true life that God has for every one of us. Sickness and oppression has stopped many of you from stepping out into the purpose that God has for your life. And we're saying the end is today. There's a new beginning if you would just get to Jesus with a desperate cry and a desperate plea. Jarius knew his only hope was Jesus, and he had to get there first. He had to lead by example. Lead your families. Carry your families in prayer. Be their covering. Come on to all the dads in the house. Let me speak to you right now. Women appear to be more spiritual in nature. But don't use that as a cop-out and say, well, well, she can lead the home. God has called you to be the priest and the head and the leader of your home. You need to be the one that is getting your family in church, the one who's getting them to Jesus, the one they see in the Word, the one they see praying, the one they see instilling relationship in them. Jeremiah 29, 11, or look at this, this statement. If we want our children to live in the presence of God, we have got to live there first. If we want our children to follow what we do, then we need to be in the right places so they will follow the right things. Living by principle, not by pressure. Jeremiah 29, 11, we all love, where God says, I know the thoughts, the plans that I have towards you, says the Lord. They're thoughts and plans of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. And we all love that. But so many times we love that and we don't read the key to unlocking that. Because that's available, but there's a key to unlock that. And the unlocking key can be found in verse 13. And you will seek me and find me when, when, when you search for me with your whole heart. With your whole heart, with everything that you are. Principle says giving all to God. Precious say, oh, just a little will do. Going to church once a month is good enough. Paying 1% out of the 10 is good enough in your tithe. God understands and God knows. You see, principle and pressures will always be opposed to one another. Why? Because one is light and the other is darkness. But when there's light, principle in your life, the Bible says it expels, it overrides all the pressures of this life. So my relationship with Christ has to be intentional. That's one of my words for 2017. Being intentional, living an intentional life because the Bible speaks about or, or someone wrote this one. The way or the way to hell is paved with many good intention. A lot of people say, I'm going to do this and do that and never get to it. We've got to live intentionally by putting action to act on, to work on, to be committed to. Because life, a relationship with God doesn't just happen. You've got to get to God. You've got to seek him. So let's read on in the story, Mark 5, 25. Now a certain woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better but grew worse. Not a good place. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched 
his garment, for she said, if I could just touch his clothes, the hem of his garment, I know I shall be made well. And immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said to her, who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, Jesus, you see the multitude thronging you and you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see her in a crowd. He saw her in a crowd. He sees you amidst every need and every cry. He sees your need and your request today. And he said, who has done this thing? But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before Jesus and told him the whole truth. And Jesus said to her, daughter, your faith, your touch, your expectancy, your desire for relationship to get to me through everything that has made you well, go in peace. You are healed of your affliction. And when she was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said to Jairus, your your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? Point number one has to start with relationship. Point number two, there's going to be interruptions of life. Come on, let's just talk about the interruptions of life for a few moments today. Those things, those times, those situations, those circumstances that what? That want to steal your life from you. Can you imagine what's going through this man's mind at this time? If it was me, I'll just be honest with you, I would have probably ran home and left straight away. Because I would have wanted to be there to hold my daughter, even though she was dead. I would have wanted to be there with her. I would have wanted to be there to console my wife, to be there for my family. I I, I would have left. But we must watch during moments of interruption that we don't allow the pressures of life to override the principle of life. You see, it's easy to give up. It's easier to give up than it is many times to keep trusting in God. The first thought that we have so many times is just to give in to those things and admit failure and defeat and just to give in. But God, but God, but God wants to be the principle of life in every circumstance. It's easy to give up on something or God, especially when it seems it gets worse when you give it to Jesus. Come on, I'm reading your mail right now. I'm in your mind right now because this is what you think. And I want to say it this way so everyone in this place knows what I'm talking about. Have you ever prayed and it got worse? Have you ever cried out to God and things, it felt like all hell broke loose? And what's the first thought that got, man, if only I hadn't have prayed for that. Come on, let's just be honest. We're in church today. That's what the enemy, that's the pressures of this world that want to tell us because the pressures of discouragement, they'll pile out, pile up. The pressures of doubt, fear, anger. What about that big three letter word? Why? But God, why? 
I came to you and I've given it to you. You've got to continue to live by principle and not by pressure. Come on, say that with me. Principle and not pressure. Because the enemy wants you to quit and give up before your miracle. Why? Because the pressures, the grief, the pain, the discouragement want to remove you from where? Jesus. And take you where? Away from Jesus. Want to make you doubting the one, the principle, the way, the truth, the life, that you'll begin to believe in the pressures and the lies of this world more than him. I don't admit to be the smartest person, but I know today where I'm better off. Even though I'm praying and it feels like it's getting worse, as long as I'm still with Jesus, there's hope for my situation. There's hope for my circumstance. Job said these words as he had lost everything. He said, though he slay me, even if he takes me, my life, still I'm going to trust him and I'm going to praise him. Why? Because living by a principle, him in my life is greater than succumbing to the pressures and the trials and the opposition of this world. First Peter 5 verse 7 reminds us what we need to do. Cast all your care on him. Why? Because he cares for you. Have you ever felt he doesn't care? I know I have. But we've got to be reminded today because it doesn't matter what I think, that's what he is. That's the principle. The pressure makes me think something different, may intersect at times, but it's different to what he says he is. He says, cast your care and keep it there. Why? Because I'm caring for you and I'm going to meet your every need in your life. I cannot allow what I do see to rob me from the things I don't see yet. I want to say that again. I cannot allow the things I do see. She's dead. It's not happening. Come on, they're the things I do see. I cannot allow the things I do see, the pressures of life to take from me the things I don't see yet. I don't see it yet. Come on. I don't see it yet. That sounds a lot like faith to me that I'm going to keep trusting you even though I may not see it. Even if I don't get my miracle and breakthrough today, I'm going to keep trusting you. Why? Because it may be a process of healing and change. But God, you're doing something today. As long as I stay in relationship with you and build my life upon principle, I will not be disappointed. I'm telling you, if you haven't arrived, you never will if you quit. And the pressures, yes, they're real. They're telling you to give up and go home. But we cannot because we must build our lives upon principle. In the word of God, we see the story of a wise and foolish man. What do we know about those who are wise and foolish? They both built a house and pretty much built the same house. And the same storm came. The pressures of this world came. But only one house remained. Why did it remain? Not because of what it was built from, but what it was built on. If you build your life upon the rock, Christ Jesus, and plant your life and say, I'm immovable, no matter what happens around me, pressures, you're not going to take me down. It's like that submarine that went miles down into the depths of the ocean, so dark that even it was darker than if you had your eyes closed, such pitch black darkness had to be specially constructed because of the pressures per square inch in that depth would just crush anything of normal design. So they had to really look at it and build it in a different way. 
And when they turned on the lights that day and they shone the light out, they were amazed because they thought, whatever are we going to see? But when they shone the light out, you know what they saw? They saw just a little fish swimming by the window. They're like, how can that be? Because we are in something that has to be constructed in such a way because of the pressure and of the magnitude. And you know what they discovered? That little fish could swim through the deepest, darkest ocean for what reason? Because the pressure inside of it was greater than the pressure on the outside of it. When you have the principal pressure of God inside of you, no matter where you're at and how deep you may have to swim through life, I'm telling you, you are going to make it because he is with you. So what are you going to do during the moments of interruption? Jarius could have got no worse news than your daughter's death. But Jesus heard the news too. Through everything else that's going on, Jesus heard the news too. And look what it says in verse 36. And as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid, only believe. Here's the third point of this message today. You've got to have relationship. You're going to have interruptions in life. But number three, you're going to have to stay focused. Stay focused. Stay focused. You've got to choose principle, not pressure. And here's another truth that you need to learn. Are you ready? You ready? You ready? Taking notes today? Sometimes you have to rejoice in someone else's miracle. Come on. Sometimes on the way to your miracle, you've got to celebrate with someone else's miracle. It's not always easy to do, but God is still coming to my house. Come on, say he's still coming to my house. He is still coming to my house because he said, don't be afraid. Believe. Believe what? I'm still on my way to your house and life is still coming to that which may appear dead. Life is still on the way. But what does that do when I have to have an interruption, but yet I keep believing? I see someone else's miracle, but I'm in a desperate need. You know what that does? It replaces the attention in the right place because it takes the attention off of my need because we can think we've got the only need. The enemy and the world, we've got the only need. It takes the attention off of our need and puts it back on God because when we begin to rejoice and praise, we take our eyes off of our need and we put our eyes on our prize, the principle of our life. Coming in the natural, it feels like our worlds are falling apart. But yet, perhaps they can be falling into place. Because God can use sickness, bad news, layoffs, relationships, breakups, even death. God can use as a time of great purpose for your life. But the problem lays here. His purpose and plan is different to ours. So what do we do? We've got to stay focused. Keep believing. Psalms 121, 1 and 2. I will lift up my eyes to the hills. From whence comes my help? My help comes from the Lord. I've got to fix my eyes on him. If Jarius would have left that day, I wonder what would have happened. I'm telling you what I think would have happened. His situation wouldn't have changed. His daughter would have remained dead. But listen to me. I think situations would have gone worse. Because now him and his wife, I think, would have began to have problems. And then other situations. Why? Because when we get away from God, our problems begin to multiply and they begin to grow. Mr. Arnold said this many years ago, and I've never forgot it. When you get to the end of your rope, 
You've got to tie a knot and just keep hanging on. You've just got to keep hanging on. You've got to surround yourself with godly friends, influences, church, 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 church. Did I say church? There you go. You've got to stay in his word and prayer. Why? Because they're all things that helps get you back on focus. You stepped in here, maybe out of focus today, but you're seeing Jesus and hope for your life again. Why? Because principle has been spoken into your life. This is almost like a pressure-free zone that you can come in here and you can just focus on the principle. I've got to finish this message. I've got 12 seconds. Verse 37. And he permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. And they came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and they saw all the turmoil and those who wept and wailed loudly. And when Jesus came, he said unto them, Why is all this commotion, and why do you weep? The child is not dead, but she is sleeping. Listen, she was dead. just want you to know that. She was dead. But principle says, even from death can still come life. And they ridiculed him, laughed at him. So what did he do? He kicked them out. Jesus put them all outside. Number four, you ready? You got a clean house. You've got a clean house. What do I mean by that? If we're going to receive Jesus, if we're going to receive his word into our home, we've got to get the doubt and the stuff out. I wonder what conditions are in our homes that are stopping Jesus from fully working in our lives. Wow, that's a pretty powerful thought right there. I wonder what the condition and the state is that is stopping life from coming. Parents, listen to me. You've got a responsibility to protect the spiritual life of your homes. What's going on in your homes and the life that there is. Because the pressures want to come in. Well, everyone else is doing this. This is what everyone else says. This is what everyone else wants. The pressures want to come in and rob the truth from our homes. Culture is not the way, the truth, the life. Culture is a way and a truth and a life. But principle is the only the way. Jesus is. And anything that stands opposed to God's way is bringing death and not life into our homes. Disbelief needs to be put out of our lives because that can stop a miracle. The Bible speaks about without faith, it's impossible to please him. You may say, well, pastor, I don't have a lot of faith. You don't need a lot of faith. All you need is to cry out to Jesus and believe that he can heal you. And if you don't even have faith for that, I want you to know something. There's people who have faith around you today that are going to pray for you and believe on your behalf and stand in the gap for you. Why? Because we preach and teach this expectancy is still the breeding ground for your miracle, for your miracle. Verse 41, almost done. Then he took the child by her hand and he said to her, Talitha Kumai, Talitha Kumai, which is translated, little girl, little girl, I say to you, arise. Talitha Kumai, what? Life, 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 life. Fifth thing that you need to do, you ready? You need to speak life. 
You need to speak life. What do I mean by that? I'm going to be healed today. God's going to touch me today. This is my day. This is my moment. My families are going to be changed. I'm believing you've got to speak life. Come on, you've got to speak some Talitha Kumai. Come on, you've got to speak things to arise that may be dead and may be gone and no hope. And the pressures are telling you give up and quit. Come on, I'm telling you right now, speaking life will release the love of God and the love of God will step you into the purpose of living that God has for your life. The life that you were ready to or made to have. And that's what we're going to do as we lay hands on you in a few moments. If the band could begin to make their way forward. That's what we're going to do as we lay hands on you in a few moments. You know what we're going to do? We're going to begin to speak life to you. Not because we are life but because of the principle of life, because we have surrendered and given our lives to God. And now we're allowing him to use us as a yielded, willing vessel for him. So today, are you living by pressure or are you living by principle? Come on, the pressures of this world, they're real. But God is realer. I know there's not such a word, but it's my message. God is real. He's the principle. He's the rock. He's the sure foundation. What have you got to do? You've got to get to Jesus today. You know, that's why we invite people to come to the front when we pray. It's not because there's magic really at the front. But you know what you're doing? You're taking a statement of faith saying, I'm stepping out of my situations and I'm getting to Jesus. I'm coming to Jesus. I'm coming for the one who is able to meet my every need. Would you bow your heads all over this place right now? Come on, expectancy is the breeding ground for your miracle. Expectancy is the breeding ground for your miracle. We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard. But we also know it will be changed as you put God's word into effect. At Heart Seas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.